millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to another episode of Say Why to Drugs with me, Dr. Susie Gage. First of all, thank you to everyone who got in touch with me about the last episode, the one about salvia. It's always really, really great to hear your thoughts on the episodes. Now, this week, Scroobius Pip and I discuss PCP. And this is a drug that was quite often in the media, certainly when we were growing up, and particularly stories coming out of the USA. It seemed like it fell out of favour and wasn't really mentioned for a while, but there are some reports that it's becoming more popular again. So here we go, Pip and I say why to PCP. Say why to drugs with Dr. Susie Gage. Okay, so let's talk about PCP. Yes. Also known as phencyclidine, sometimes called angel dust. Um, and I wasn't sure whether to do this one, but a lot of people have asked me to on Twitter and on Facebook. And mm-hmm. it sort of fell out of favour as a drug while I was growing up, I guess. But it seems like it's growing again in popularity. So I yeah. thought it was a good one to cover. It was originally developed as an anaesthetic. Um, it was used intravenously in the 50s, sort of before people went in for surgery. But when they discovered it could cause sort of hallucinations, they stopped using it in that way. Right. Um, it, it became a drug of abuse in the 60s. Lots of hospital admissions from use of it because the intoxication effects can look quite a lot like schizophrenia. And as I said, um, I've written here, it was much less common now, but reports certainly in the US suggest that it's sort of gaining popularity again. The hospital admissions in the last few years have gone up dramatically since the early 2000s. So um, you can get PCP in quite quite a different number of ways. It can be an oil, it can be a liquid or a powder or a crystal or a pill. So it kind of covers the gamut, really. You can sniff it you can swallow it you can inject it um you can get it sort of sprayed or soaked onto either tobacco or cannabis cigarettes and then you smoke it and as you might expect if you smoke it you get a really quick onset within sort of two minutes or so if you're if you swallow it it's a bit slower sort of 30 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. um the intoxication effects on pcp can last a really long time and i read quite a few sort of scientific articles about pcp while i was researching this and some 
say sort of it will last two to five hours some say four to eight hours some say it could last as long as two days wow and one study that i read said a large dose may need weeks to recover from yeah so it can be pretty wide ranging i suppose yeah, yeah. so um do you know much about pcp um or instantly rodney king was was where pcp became known to me because it seemed when the rodney king um death in america happened um it was attributed to the reason the police had to be so forceful and hard hard on him was because he was on pcp Mm -hmm. and he had it gives you extra strength and invulnerability and he was a danger and that's why they again had to beat a black man to to death in the streets so that's kind of where it became i became very aware of it um on one of my tours of america i was running the merch booth and a large gang looking guy came up to me to, to chat about the posters we had and he yeah. was lovely and b dolan kind of ushered me away because the guy asked if I, I i if i get wet and i was like hello i don't know um <laughs> in 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 what manner being all british and he was yeah. and it was then revealed that he was talking about t- 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 tobacco soaked in pcp mm. he, he wanted to know if i wanted to come and smoke um some pcp which i didn't no. incidentally um <laughs> and yes yeah, as that's that's kind of my knowledge of it, but it was always, as said, put out there as a as almost an incredible Hulk drug that, mm. that that someone's taken it and there's potentially if they're out of control or attacking, then there's potentially nothing you can do other than shoot them or whatever else to stop them from from doing what they want. So it was demonised hugely in that respect. Yeah, um, and I think what you've described describing pcp sounds an awful lot like what some of the sort of synthetic cannabinoids are being described like now yeah yeah. and that's not necessarily to say that neither of them are particularly sort of harmful drugs or that they cause problems Mm -hmm. but it's interesting the way that the language doesn't change like the sort of the demonized drug of choice gets described in the same way depending on what it is like like there's, I found a poster from the fifties about about cannabis, and yeah. it's kind of described in exactly yeah. those ways again. And um, it's interesting you talking about um, getting wet, smoking sort of soaked cigarettes or yeah. cannabis. Um, it's also known as embalming fluid, apparently yeah. as well. Wow. So, what does it do? Well, it's a funny one because it's in a way it's quite similar to alcohol in that it affects loads and loads of different neurotransmitters in the brain. Right. So it affects NMDA, it affects GABA, it affects dopamine, it affects serotonin, norepinephrine and opioid receptors. Mm-hmm. So this is why you get some sort of really unusual, contradictory kind of effects. So you right. get extreme agitation on one side, but also sedation. It's kind of a stimulant, a depressant, a hallucinogenic, and it has analgesic sort of painkiller properties. Wow. Again, it, 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 it makes sense of you saying how it can give the the, the, the perception of, of, of schizophrenia. Because again, mm. if it is going to have you r- r- ramped up one minute, then relax the next, then yeah, all yeah, over the place. Very it's... hard to sort of pinpoint what's going to happen it's very unpredictable yeah and it's also unpredictable because it's soluble in fat in water and in alcohol so the strength of dose like 
if we took the same amount, for example, it could have vastly different effects. Mm. So it'll depend on your health. It'll depend on your sort of body makeup. It'll depend on whether you've drunk alcohol recently or not. All of these things can, can impact on sort of how it'll affect you. And it's another one. I mean, I feel like I say this in every single episode, but it's another one with very little good quality evidence. So in the 60s and 70s, when it was used medicinally, um, there were more kind of reports about it. But when measuring those kind of intoxicated, you sort of get a lot of problems because if you're looking in hospitals, for example, you only see the really extreme cases. People who've used it who don't end up in hospital, that might be the majority of people, for example. So it's really difficult to sort of know. And also, almost everyone who ends up in hospital for drugs isn't just on one drug. There was one particular paper that I found where it was the people who were admitted into hospital for using PCP, a quarter of them were also on benzodiazepines. Uh, 40% of them were also uh, on cannabis and around 40% also on alcohol as well. Yeah. Did we talk about what what's the appeal of PCP? No, not really. Yeah. Um yeah, again it's it's a weird one. I've I I've only known of it as that as kind of uh, turning everything up to 11 yeah. essentially that that you're going to go yeah, have have beasts ridiculously charged as such. Yeah. But also then if you take a sort of different level of dose you can end up in this kind of dreamlike floaty mm. state as well. So it's sort of, I don't quite know what the appeal is and it's probably different for different groups of people who yeah. use it because it can have such yeah. varied effects. I think it's another one like sort of, I, was it, I think it might have been the cocaine episode that we talked about this, that it's like kind of, if you're sort of in a gang and you need to go and sort of be violent or yeah. be something, then yeah. it's a, like a pep drug in that way mm-hmm. and that it can sort of give you the confidence and the sort of, feeling of invincibility that might help you in that situation and that yeah, kind of thing completely and that's again the, the the way it was portrayed in the media that's instantly the the kind of thought of for me of oh i need i need to be as tough as i can be yeah. i'll take this and that all yeah and i think that's a superman drug as such <laughs> that's kind of a good point as well because the last thing i want to do is sort of perpetuate those kind of yeah exaggerations about it and so when we're talking about the appeal of all of these drugs it's kind of it's very subjective and that's sort of the bit that isn't really based on evidence i don't have a scientific literature on on why people choose to use these drugs and it's obviously it's a really complicated thing and i just want to slightly sort of step back here and say we're not saying that like that sort of what we're saying about the appeal here is is fact it's it's our opinions on on why people might do it so should we get on to some of the sort of effects that yes. you might have? Um, and I've got a very long and quite random looking list here of the various I things. I say after hearing the different parts of your brain, it yeah. kind of generates, it's like this is going to be an intense one, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So you can get sort of, as I said, a numbing and dreamlike floaty quality. You can get sound and visual hallucinations mm-hmm. from it. Time can feel like it's speeding up or slowing down. Um, I guess that's the kind of similar to psychedelics in that respect. Yeah. It can affect your mood, either positively or negatively. You can experience things like paranoia and, and transient sort of psychotic-like experiences. Mm-hmm. So these things will sort of disappear once you stop being intoxicated. It's yeah. kind of like 
some of the symptoms of quite THC heavy cannabis as well. Yeah. It'll raise your body temperature, it'll raise your heart rate and raise your blood pressure. Again, like lots of the other stimulants that we've talked about in previous episodes. It can make you feel kind of detached from reality. So this might be why it might give you a sense of like invincibility. If you yeah. feel like there's something sort of like something between you and the rest of the world that can make you feel kind of invulnerable, I suppose. Yeah. It can, in, if you go sort of heavier doses, you can, it can lead to kind of convulsions. It can also um, really affect your breathing. It can shallow and slow your breathing, but it can also make it kind of irregular. You can sort of have really fa- like periods of really fast breathing, but then kind of apnea where you seem to like stop breathing for a moment and wow. then sort of carry on. And as we sort of talked about, it's been associated with aggression and violence. There's some suggestion of it being associated with suicide as well. Right. And it has this kind of anaesthetic properties, which means that you can kind of properly hurt yourself when you're on it without necessarily feeling it or realising. Yeah, that's very much, again, a, a one of the main symptoms I'd heard, again, f- from the Rodney King case of them saying we we hit him once and he just, just kept coming or we, sh- we shot him once yeah. and he just kept coming or something like that. So it's that... Yeah, it's got that pain-killing yeah. aspect. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and the other thing it can do is really um, affect your eye movement. You can have really sort of tremory, uncontrollable right. eye movement when you're intoxicated. And then if you get onto sort of really, really heavy doses, you can end up hyperthermic. So this is when your body temperature raises far too high. Right. And that can that can lead to death if it's really, really severe. So, yeah, that's kind of the list of the sort of intoxication effects. Yeah. And it's pretty all-encompassing, really. Like, lots of them sound like a bit like other drugs that we've talked about in previous episodes but they're kind of all combined together into one so it's a pretty sort of full-on experience yeah it seems like like we spoke again and struggled a little on what the appeal is but partly that's because i could see the appeal Uh, at times of any one of them but of all of them at once or potentially all of them at once or not or or, or rolling the dice on what one you get yeah that's yeah it's a weird one yeah, I think that's I think that's a key point is that in certain situations a number of those things could be quite pleasant yeah. and enjoyable yeah. but unless you can sort of accurately predict and as we've said with a lot of recreational drugs that are illicit even if you sort of know what kind of a dose you need like you don't know what you're taking and how yeah. pure it is yeah, and that of course, kind of thing yeah. anyway. So longer term, it's yet another drug that your tolerance to it will go up as you take it. So you need to take more and more to have the same effect. And this can then lead to sort of dependence and addiction problems. And it's also been associated with memory problems with long term use, poor appetite and weight loss. I guess this is this kind of stimulant aspect to Mm -hmm. it that if it's sort of raising all of your sort of bodily functions like your heart rate and your blood pressure and making you kind of tremor and shake yeah it's probably also suppressing appetite like a lot of right. stimulants do yeah. um and if you're using pcp a lot then you're probably not taking very good care of yourself for lots of other reasons sure. which might be why you're, you see these associations long-term use is also associated with depression and with psychosis and paranoia sort of more long term and again this could be like what we see with cannabis that because it's an intoxication effect and intoxication might last for days then if someone's using regularly how can you really separate the psychosis that you see as an intoxication effect Mm -hmm. from a sort of a diagnosis of psychosis like unless this person completely comes off pcp you can't really be sure that what you're seeing is just 
I say just an intoxication effect. I mean, it's still pretty serious, but yeah. it's sort of from a kind of etiology, like understanding the underlying sort of reasons why these things are happening. It's quite an important distinction yeah. to make. Yeah, of course. And again, it's really hard to do this kind of research because people who use PCP almost certainly use other substances as well. And trying to untangle sort of the causal directions, like are these people using PCP because they've already got lots of other risk factors for yeah. psychosis. And so they're trying to use it sort of self-medicating or is it the PCP that's sort of increasing the risk? And it's really difficult to kind of tease all that out. Yeah, it's it's certainly a drug that I associate in my mind as as a street drug rather than necessarily a club drug or, do you know what I mean, a, 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 a higher a yeah. higher areas of society, club, a, a drug is, is very much one that I associate with, yeah, that kind of situation, which there's going to be a lot of things influencing that and a lot of different influences and potentially yeah. a lot of different substances. Uh, yeah, and I think if it, if it truly is becoming more popular again, it'll be interesting to see sort of with who yeah, is it becoming it more popular. Yeah. popular. And... Like some of the reports that I read about it that were published recently suggest it's kind of a sort of a forget of how sort of extreme some of the effects of it can be that like it was popular and then it became unpopular because it was so sort of yeah. intense. And now that that kind of sort of negative effects have been a little bit forgotten about, then yeah. the appeal yeah. of it is going up again. And so it'd be interesting to see whether it sort of cycles again, I suppose. Yeah. So PCP withdrawal as you can probably imagine, is not very pleasant. And it's kind no. of, yeah, the opposite of some of the short-term effects. But we get quite a lot of very different short-term effects. It can also <laughs> be kind of quite varied. But in particular, things like psychotic experiences can be part of withdrawal as well. Right. So again, this sort of makes everything more complicated with trying to work out whether these people are going to get better or, or not. Mm -hmm. um, anxiety, sort of tremors and shakes, eye shakes. And um, and diarrhea because it's another drug that makes you constipated right. while you're on it. Okay, so if we get on to sort of myths of PCP, and one that a lot of people sent me when I put a shout out on Twitter was that PCP will turn you into a cannibal. Right. And this was the case of uh, this rapper called Big Lurch. Yeah. Have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah. And it's a pretty horrendous story. So he he killed his roommate in two thousand and two and um sort of cut her lungs out and right. there were bits of human flesh found in his stomach that weren't wasn't his wow flesh. and he had taken well so this the woman who he killed's boyfriend said that she and him had taken pcp the day before right so potentially he was still intoxicated like, i don't know whether actually it was sort of proven that he had PCP in his system. Right, yeah, that kind sure. of, it's one of those typical things where it, a lot of reports at the time all all sort of implicated PCP, but the sort of toxicology reports don't make the press. So it's yeah. sort of really difficult to kind of say it's sort of, again, it's really sort of similar to the Causeway Cannibal that we talked about yeah. in the, um, when, which episode was that we talked about? Was that in the Spice episode? I yes. think in the yeah, yeah, synthetic yeah, yeah. cannabinoids episode. Yeah. Where it was very much said, oh, he was on, oh no, it was bath salts. It was of the synthetic was. cathinones. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah. it was said, yeah, he was on this bath salts, but when the toxicology report actually came back, he wasn't. Yeah. Um, and in this case, sort of, I think one of the reasons that you hear about sort of superhuman strength when you're on PCP is that it's the disinhibition, is yeah. that we're probably all much stronger than we think we are because yeah. we never lash out. Even in anger, 
without any sort of self-control at all. And if if a drug has sort of taken away that that final sort of inhibition thing, then perhaps that is why you seem so much stronger. Plus, if you've got a sort of painkiller aspect that if you're fighting with someone, you're not being knocked back by their punches or whatever so you might the pain isn't registering yeah yeah. you might seem super strong just because all the normal things that just hold you back that tiny bit yeah no longer kind of apply yeah yeah, it makes sense pcp won't turn you into a cannibal but it has been associated with a lot of pretty sort of horrendous things and that might be due to it sort of i don't want to say inducing psychotic experiences because it's very 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 rare for people with psychosis to harm other people it's something that gets a lot of press when it does happen but it's it's extremely uncommon that people with psychosis are far more likely to hurt themselves than anyone Mm -hmm. else and i think that's almost certainly true with people on pcp as well so there there are also there are cases of people sort of gouging their own eyes out wow and PCP has been blamed for that. People walking into traffic because they've lost perception of time, so they think that they can cross the road. Right. Um, obviously, they can't. I've written here murder and mayhem because it is. It's it was the demon drug of choice. Yeah. So there are so yeah. many. If you search PCP, sort of in sort of news reports, then you see all sorts of really horrendous things. And how much truth there is to that is difficult to say. Yeah. And it's yet another thing where like deaths from mdma pretty much every single case where there's a death from mdma will get reported in the press whereas that's not the case for it gives you a really sort of overinflated view of the harm yeah. when in fact there's sort of i'm not saying that it's not sort of bad and dangerous but if you just if you see it every single case where something happens you might think it's happening far more frequently than it actually is yeah. it gives you a distorted picture in comparison to sort yeah, of other things of course and so the effects of PCP, we've talked about how the effect will depend on your sort of physical state, but it will mm-hmm. also, like with all the substances we've talked about, it'll depend on your mental state as well. It'll depend on your yeah. personality. It'll depend on your current psychological state and it'll depend on the environment where you're taking it. It's set and setting. I think we said yeah. that in every single episode. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's quite key. And I think it's highly unlikely that, one-off use in someone with no sort of risk factors for psychosis in someone who's kind of in a safe environment and sort of taking it sort of going into it knowing what to expect and things i think it's it's highly unlikely that in that situation something as extreme as this could happen i think there's almost certainly a lot of other things going on as well yeah but it has been associated with these things and and from what we can see from the media, which may be a biased picture, like it it can lead to some pretty severe kind of yeah. outcomes. Yeah. So um, is there anything else about PCP? So one thing that I think is very interesting as a researcher is that it's very hard. We, we don't really understand that much about schizophrenia. And so it's really hard to develop drugs to treat schizophrenia. Yeah. But... One way to sort of, if you're going to develop a drug, you really need to start with animal models of the drug. But how on earth can you develop an animal model of schizophrenia? How can you tell if if a rat has schizophrenia? Yeah, of course. But what has been done is PCP has actually been used as an animal model for schizophrenia. So you give a rat PCP and then you give the rat what you think is this antipsychotic to see if it will bring them out of sort of 
the effect that PCP has. So in that respect, it's been very useful for kind of trying to develop new ways to treat really sort of debilitating diseases like schizophrenia. So it's, yeah, it it works to simulate it to then try and find uh, solutions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So some, some uses, and obviously it used to be used before um, as an anaesthetic until it was realised that that was not a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Perfect. And there we are. Now, thank you so much for listening. The next episode is one that's been requested a lot. We're going to be talking about DMT. Now, some of you will know that we've already had an episode about psychedelics so if you haven't listened to that one already it might be worth doing that or even revisiting it before we get to this next episode and the dmt episode will be up in two weeks time so in the meantime take care bye you've been listening to say why to drugs with me dr susie gage the music was by Jim Murray and the artwork was by at my name is at. Say Why to Drugs would not have been possible without the generous support of I'm a Scientist Get Me Out of Here, the Medical Research Council and Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces Network. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.